but here's the thing 90% of it is video games but it's not all video games which is partly if I'm being honest and cynical why I've got into it because I think it might be a thing it might not but you never know but um, um, there's like a food channel so uh, quite a lot of the time I watch I watch Korean men eat fried chicken that's they're not talking and all the chats in Korean but they're just eating or like I watched a woman in Aberdeen make haggis um, just while me and this other bloke from Missouri watched her well, hello and welcome to another episode of But Why. This week, I'm actually joined by one of my friends, the wonderful Ellie Gibson, who you may know as one half of the Scummy Mummies. But actually, Ellie is a woman of many sides, and it turns out she is also an award-winning games journalist. In fact, it's safe to say I insulted Ellie when I got in touch with her and said, I'm wanting to do an episode about gaming. Do you think you'd be a good person for it? Turns out she would be more than capable of doing this. In fact, she's the perfect person for the job. So I don't know about you, but I think I'd go so far as to say I've got a bit of a fear of gaming, not in a phobia kind of way, but the image I have of gaming as a subculture is boys in hoodies in dark rooms playing computer games in the middle of the night. And my two boys recently got um, a Nintendo Switch and I can see that it's definitely clicked for them and it's something that they love. And as their parent, I obviously want to encourage something that they're into, but I'm terrified that they are going to become kind of, yeah, boys in a basement not socializing but this conversation with Ellie proved that I need to reconsider that and actually made me see gaming in a completely different light and understand that it's about community it's about problem solving it's about socializing in fact almost the opposite of everything that I thought we also touch on the fact that Ellie is a girl in a very male-dominated industry and how that's been for her, especially in comparison to the other side of her job as a scummy mummy, which is obviously very female-dominated. So it's a really interesting chat and one that I enjoyed, not least because she's my friend, but also because she's very interesting. Let's get going. I'm aware that my screen keeps looking like it's frozen, but I've absolutely aware of my age i do not understand yeah. this yeah. you're like a pathfinder ellie well done there's a bit on my extra life games podcast where we have a woman on who, who was doing twitch at the time and i'd never done it and i was like i don't understand it i think it's a nonsense and then she explains it and i'm like what so i'm exactly i'm making the face you're making now so don't feel don't feel bad and you know what? This is I mean, this is kind of not the perk of the pandemic because there is no fucking perk, but it's pushed us maybe to to explore things that we might not have done otherwise. Yeah, exactly. I've I've taught myself to edit video, and I'm doing this. And uh, as, I don't know if I've mentioned it. I'm learning Italian, Clemmy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So for context, we we I tried to book a podcast at the time that I normally record these, and Ellie couldn't do it because she was learning Italian. How did that go? Did did you do your homework last night? Uh, I did it yesterday, actually, for you because I knew I was seeing you. So you're all right. I've done me. I've done me a pronomi indefiniti. We're doing at the moment. So I've done that. Uh, indefinite pronouns. Very, very, uh, very exciting. Could you just give us the line? Could you just introduce yourself in Italian, maybe? Buongiorno, mi chiamo El Gibson. <laughs> Ho 43 anni e abito a Londra. Really good. Um, literally <laughs> blown away. You really are a woman of many talents. So this has been a very weird experience for me because I know you through like our mutual world of kind of mums on the internet. And that yeah. is how I know you through and through and through and have had the pleasure of doing so for a while. But I've spent the last few days looking at your other life where like you're you're just someone completely different in a different sphere. And it is so weird to me. <laughs> I love that though. That's I like that. Yeah, I mean, but do, I, I sort of in my head, everyone has that, don't they? Do you have a, another secret life? Not like not quite so stark because the bit that really struck me is I've, I've watched a few videos of you being introed, and I've sat on panels with you where you would do your intro, scummy mummy intro, and then you just intro yourself. I was like, what? It's like you've got a whole different, you know, a very successful career. Oh, I'm incredibly, I'm an incredibly big deal. Um, but yeah, I was, I was a video games journalist for, well, I've been one now for um, 20 years. So yeah, but I did it like as, as a full time before I had kids for over 10 years. 
So, yeah, it's it's a thing. But how do you... I mean, is, what's also interesting, I'm going to go quite heavy, is they're both fairly gendered worlds, but in opposite ways, aren't they? You know, our day-to-day, our, the mummy Instagram thing is we're around females all the time. And I'm imagining that in your gaming life, it's mainly men, is it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, when I started out in games, which again was like 20 years ago, definitely I was always the only girl um, certainly the only girl in the first magazines I worked for. And then I was the only girl at the website I worked for for a long, long time. And in fact, someone sent me a picture on Twitter the other day of a press event that we'd gone to. So these press events used to fly us around the world and we used to, you know, pretend to give a monkeys about video games in exchange for a free dinner. And um, there's like this press conference and it's literally me and like 60 men and they all look the same. They're all white. They're all like the same age. And then there's, there's like, there's me yeah. and, yeah and it was it's weird and i'm i'm thankful to say um you know there are more people uh doing it think because of the rise of things like youtube and twitch it's become a bit more democratic so there are more black people people of color more women um doing it now which is great but obviously there are still as there is with everything there's still massive problems with diversity and representation in in the industry were so. you aware that of that that you were did you feel because i look back and not to that extreme but in my advertising career like there was often times when i was one of only one or two women in a room and it you become normalized to it quite quickly but then you reflect you're like that is absolutely mad isn't it yeah and you and you sort of certainly my first sort of job i remember they told me later my first job on the magazine up in macclesfield and there was like six blokes and me and apparently they'd had a conversation before i arrived to start work about how they're going to have to tone down the language and the swearing (laughs) (laughs) and then they said yeah and then we took you to the pub on the first day and we were like oh it's gonna be fine (laughs) she can hold her own in this but do you think that's that as attributed to your kind of humor and your way of going about things yeah maybe maybe because you you know that job was where I learned to drink three pints in an hour for example uh because that was our lunch break and things like that and and you definitely I think at first I definitely wanted to fit in with everyone so definitely I wanted to kind of and you do that by being as sort of filthy and raucous and hard drinking as as every just like everyone else it was a bit vikingy really um but there and also I used to dress like them do you know what I mean I used to wear like mm. the games t-shirts and the hoodie and the all of that and then I think as I got a bit older I realized um that actually I could sort of use my difference to my advantage um which sounds like I started putting fishnet stockings on and high heels <laughs> <I'm going>, casual uh, <laughs> yeah yeah but I realized that um I didn't have to look like all these dudes and actually changed my writing style as well. Cause one day my, my boss, Pat, who was brilliant said to me, you're writing these games reviews. Like you think everyone else writes games reviews and you're trying to be a game mm. journalist. But when I talk to you, you're really funny. So why don't you just write like you talk to me? And I was like, Oh yeah. And then I sort of thought actually, and I can dress. It's all, and then people like that. And I was like, Oh, right. So it's all right to be different. And so I was like, I don't have to dress like these men. I can put on a really like I used to wear quite nice business suits and um, just it made me look like a grown up in a sea of teenagers, which people seem to, again, quite like. And I used to do things that like I would go to the big um, conference in California and, and rather than sitting with all the journalists, I would just walk into the front row and I'd go and sit next to the head of Xbox. And nobody was stopping me because I looked like I looked like yeah, I was who is marketing. Yeah, I didn't look like some tit you know writing about super mario all day in my bedroom i look like you know karen McAllister, a head <laughs> vp of operations and official departments <laughs> so i just i just do stuff like that and it was really it was good for interviewing people because i used to do executive interviews and it would really disarm them because they would yeah. think oh she's just a nice fluffy lady and then i'd be like so why is your product so shit and then they'd be like, whoa, so it's good. <laughs> Did you find uh, that? Did you dress differently depending on, you know? Well, in fact, it's so funny because there's a couple of key moments where I used to go to a lot of kind of black tie, like awards dudes. And one day I realised I didn't have to wear a dress and I could wear, a, yeah, like a suit and, and, and trainers. And you're just like, yeah, so it's kind of different. I've stopped conforming to the girl thing, but also... I was still in advertising once I became a mum. And as soon as I started kind of owning the mother thing and being like, oh, no, guys, I know this because I am a mum. Yeah, yeah, the thing that makes you different suddenly can become your superpower. And I, I, it's a really cool 
cool transition, isn't it? And it's just age, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And weirdly for me, again, that was sort of the opposite. When I became a mum, I found the games thing more difficult suddenly Did you? because it was such a big leap from being, I was super yeah. into my job before and I got quite high up and I was like, yeah, you know, and I was convinced I'd have my baby. And then two weeks later, I'd be back at work full time. And then of course you have your baby and that doesn't really work. Um, and although the lads were all very nice about it, none of them had been through what I'd been through. None mm. of them were going through what I was going through and I was knackered all the time and it just didn't work so it was lucky then that I met Helen and then you know we was able to move back into this sphere where I met you and and you know people like you who yeah I I, I never had a problem going back to getting on with women do you know what I mean I always yeah that's interesting and I, I was never one of these girls who's like I just don't really like girls I just don't really get on with girls I always sort of liked both so uh yeah basically bye is what I'm saying <laughs> but <laughs> but we both know that there is some complexities about a, a very female industry. And actually, I know the answer to this is your friend, but it, like you have very limited tolerance of the very bitchy side of, and it, it's not as prevalent as people think, but it is there, isn't it? That the w- women cutting each other down. Yes, I've no time for that. And, and I have no, equally, I have, I have I struggle sometimes with um, overt sentimentality. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle with a lot of the super super lovey, you know, stuff because I find that can turn quite quickly. So I can I can be prone to finding that slightly disingenuous. Uh, basically, a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, but you've got a, your comedy duo Helen feels her feelings, so she's probably yeah. good for you. Yeah, I think so. It's a good it's a good balance. <laughs> so it must have been interesting. I'm I'm obviously sitting here as a parent, and I've got. Like you've got two boys and they are they got a switch at Christmas. Goodness me, we're in a whole a whole new world. I think I messaged you to say within two weeks, Greta, my youngest daughter, had put one of the games through the floorboards. So excellent. That was a shame. <laughs> they're they're so small and so expensive. So they are. They come in these like decent sized boxes. Yeah. So I think fine. And then they're literally the size of postage stamps. So yeah. yeah, it's it's almost like they did that on purpose, isn't it? But uh wouldn't yeah, you would think so because there's no way of yeah. Anyhow, it's a good lesson in them learning to look after stuff. But I think and I was asking people on Instagram yesterday, there is definitely a sense of fear from parents, if you haven't been into the gaming world, about feeling, I think you have this image of your kid going into gaming and sitting in a dark room for the, the rest of eternity. And having done this research, there is so much more to it than that. Like, how, what's my question? As a parent, and your boy's now getting into it, do you understand that concern or are you able to completely come at it knowing that it's a good thing for them to get into gaming? I mean, I'm I'm trying to see it from the perspective of people like you, because obviously I grew up with games and I love games. And But I sort of got back into the games thing from the parenting angle mm-hmm. because I had so many um, parents at school, at the school gates and stuff, and people like you messaging me. Um, asking me about it and I was like wow there is this big gap in knowledge because a lot of us you know played Mario Kart at university and you know whatever but since then it's all it's all gone quite so I completely understand why people why should you automatically know how it all works and it has changed a lot because unlike telly or films or music games is very much still an emerging form I'm not gonna say Mm -hmm. art form because I'm not a tosser but it's an emerging medium uh it's it's changed massively. The, the difference is, as I would say, is as broad as it, from black and white films to you know color films since since mm. even just ten, in the last ten years, even. So it's of course it's very complicated. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to answer some of those questions now. Do you think we've got? Yeah, there's a problem in that we've got a stereotyped idea of a gamer in our heads, I guess, and I think. Until I've done this research, I didn't quite understand the social side of it. So it feels like it's somebody opting out of socialising, but it is actually just socialising in a different way, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's opting in, I would say. And that's part of the reason I let my child play quite so much. Uh, because, because, yeah, when I was a kid, that's what gaming was. I took myself off to my bedroom, maybe with my brother, and we just sat there and we, you know, but but often on my own. And I wasn't there mm. for hours. Um but now with games like Fortnite and Minecraft and Mario Kart, you can play online. And especially in the lockdown, that's been amazing. My son goes on there 
and you know he chats to his mates every day half past three they hang out and they chat mm. they chat mainly about the game but they're still interacting and they're still connecting and and i really like that but that's of course not to say it's not without its problems and stuff you have to manage and you know yeah because another question was like how much is too much and actually even looking at my two children their age and their personalities their capacity for it is completely different so there isn't a very neat oh you know at, at five they should be on for this long you have to see how it affects them don't you yeah I, th- I everybody including me wants this magic number of like right it's two hours 47 minutes and after that your child goes wacko but it just it doesn't exist that number partly because nobody's done any actual research into that mm. because it would be ethically wrong uh, <laughs> to just put a child in front of a screen for six days and see what happens but um so I do. So I, I have this games Instagram, Ellie Gibson Games, and I did an Instagram live with Philippa Perry, who's a psychotherapist who wrote the brilliant book, uh, the book you wish your parents had read, which is the best parents book I've ever read. And um, I asked her this question and she said it is it is like so many things. We all want to say, right, two hours or one. Hour. It is different for every child and every mm-hmm family and the only way to gauge it is to you have to observe your child and look at their Mm. behavior and I don't know about you I've definitely had days where Charlie has spent too long on the Mm -hmm. screen usually because I'm hungover or I've got something to do or you know I'm trying to work and afterwards he's just all sort of unbelievable yeah I've even talked to him about it and he's acknowledged it yeah so it's about working out where that limit is and understanding that also that limit can change as they get older or depending on what they're going through. So, yeah. So true. Yeah, I think there's definitely something in making an uh, asking them to check in on it. Also, I'm going to do another. I've written a book called But Why. I um, do this in every episode. But one of the questions is, but why can't I go on a screen for longer? And a great piece of advice I got was, ask yourself what you're opting out of. So actually, any screen time where you've shoved them on it because – because you're trying to distract from something usually is the wrong kind of screen time more when like you've been out to the park you come back they're going to have a session on it is so much better and I thought that was a really good piece of advice like when you let them just play one more game because you're scrolling Instagram is usually when shit hits the fan isn't it yeah I I have found and I'm not you know I'm not a therapist I don't know, I find what works for me, a thing that works in this house, is we have a set time where mm-hmm. we play every day. And for us at the yeah. moment, while they're homeschooling, that's 3.30. So, you know, even if they finish the homeschool early, 3.30 is the time. And that's worked because, number one, we don't have any arguments about that. You know, it, it's not mm-hmm. up for debate every day. Can I go on yeah. screen? Can I go now? Can I go now? Um, but number two, it's helped me mentally because I know then I've got that time. So, yeah. right, I can't finish this piece of work now but I'm going to be able to finish it at 3.30. And yeah. I can tell the person I owe the work to that they will have it by five. They just can't have it at 10. And yeah. I, for me, that's been a real sanity saver, but it might not work for everyone. No, I think that's really, really healthy. Someone also said to me, this is more, as you know, it would work, that they let their have kids have one charge a week of wow. whatever screen and they can use that as they like. I was like, that's kind of interesting. I don't really know how long one charge lasts, but it's kind of about it's about uh, yeah having parameters on it and not just like go for yeah, it. Yeah, the, the charge would depend on um, whether they're playing online and which game they're playing. Um, so as the child gets older, they may they may they may kick off. I don't know. But, it might um, be quite that's interesting. I never heard that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. Um, I also again from watching other stuff of yours that, that every parent needs to understand that you cannot pause. Um, online games <laughs> that's right just you pause it. Them. and there is a particular problem with Fortnite, um which i guess your kids are probably no, well, them, our mutual friend emma said do never never let them play Fortnite." Uh, it again it always depends on the child oh. um my son loves Fortnite and is is but we had some rules because again i think i'm lucky because i do know about games we had some rules from the start so our rules for Fortnite are you are not allowed to shout and scream. You're not allowed to call names. You are not allowed to throw technology. Yeah. You can't throw the controller. Um, and if any of those things happen, the machine does go off immediately and it doesn't, mm. I don't care if in the middle of a match. And because we set that at the start, he's actually been really good at sticking mm-hmm. to that. But again, um, I know other kids, again, this is something Philippa said, kids are at different stages of development. And if your kid does shout and scream, 
And it just means they're still working on that bit of their development. It doesn't mean they'll never get there, obviously, but maybe they're not ready for Fortnite because they're developing another skill at that point. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really good. Um, But yeah, but the thing with Fortnite specifically is that a match lasts 20 minutes uh, (laughs) if you survive to the end. It will end early if you die, but max 20 minutes. So I think a lot of people have said to me they get into difficulty because they want the kids to turn it off now, 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 or even in five minutes. And the kid's like... But but no, because I'm in the middle of a match. And if I just leave, then I'm letting my teammates down. I'm letting yeah. my friends down. So 20 minutes is a useful thing to have in your head. If you want them off the screen at half six, you need to say to Give them at 10 past six, do not start another match or let this be your last match or whatever it is. Yeah, and actually... If they were having a kickabout with their friends playing football, you wouldn't say literally just walk off the pitch right now. You would allow them to respect the game and come off. And I think we have to try and frame it a bit more like that, whereas it's not just it's not just sitting there. Yeah, I mean, I just literally didn't know that things were 20 minutes. They definitely yeah. make it feel like it's longer than that sometimes. Yeah. They're playing me, aren't they? There are different modes where you can play longer than that, but the main battle royale mode, which is which is what most people play, is twenty minutes. So, yeah. Um, oh, my son's totally started another match when I've gone out of the room, and uh, we've had to have a word. But, um, but yeah. And look, going back to the football thing, of course, in an ideal world, I'd much rather my son was kicking a football round with his friends, and you know, I I would love it if he was a musical child and was playing the violin, or if he wanted to do craft with me all day. Um, and I have struggled with guilt around those things, but I've I've, I've gone, well, the reality is he can't go on a play date at the moment. He can't go no. to the trampoline park. And the kind of, I have to, I'm trying to look at him as a, as a human and not a project and kind of go, do you know what? He doesn't really like paper mache. He doesn't really <laughs> like practicing the guitar. And I can't make him, this is what at the moment makes him happy. And at the moment in the climate we're in, I've let that guilt go because... Mm-hmm. That's where we are. And that doesn't mean I let him play it all the time. Every day, as I say, 3.30, few hours, that's the rule. But I'm not going to worry too much about the fact that he's not writing a sonnet when he's, you know. Well, I watched a TED Talk by, I'm going to say her name wrong, Jane McGonnell, McGon- the, the World of Warcraft developer. She claimed that she believes gaming can save the world. And I was like, oh, right, oh. Um, but she's like... On a game like World of Warcraft, you know, it's all about community and collaboration. It's about optimism. It's about a commitment to solving problems. And actually, if you isolate those core principles, we'd all want our kids to have a bit more of that. I, I Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, uh, Minecraft is excellent for that. Charlie goes on Minecraft and they build houses and they go mining and they tell each other it's time to go to bed. So they can, <laughs> it's hilarious. What do you um, mean? So in Minecraft, there's a thing where you have to go to bed to start the next day or something. You have to rest. I don't I don't play it myself. I don't understand it. But it's really sweet. And it's a real collaborative thing, you know. Um, yeah. I think a lot of us grew up with things like Space Invaders and Street Fighters. So we understandably yes. think that's what games are. And that's what that is what games mainly were. But it isn't what they are now. Have you have you seen Animal Crossing? No, I don't, literally don't know anything about any of it other than oh, the old no. games that we played. So Animal Crossing is an amazing game on the Nintendo Switch. And um, it's just you're a little you're you're on an island and you it's a little desert island and you go around and you like collect coconuts and you plant apple trees and you um, build little houses and you dig for fossils. There's no guns. There's no fighting. There's no. Mm. nothing, And you can visit each other's islands. So me and Charlie go on and he comes smiling and I go, oh, I've got some spare apples. Do you want some apples? And I give him some and he can go back to his island. He gets more money for his for apples on his island. And it's and you can play it online as well. And it's incredibly sweet. And I actually play it on my own quite a lot because it's just like, you know, you know, when things all just get a bit too much. Yeah. Like, no, I want to go to a nice cartoon island where uh, things are lovely, where everyone's nice to me. And uh, it's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> See, I really think from a general outsider point of view, do people do not understand that kind of escapism? I really had it in my head as basically escapism into violence or those very addictive games where you've got to, like, jump, you know, the old Sonic, which is brilliant, but not, not this idea that those communication skills and working together... And I don't know if I want to be gendered, but for boys that... Boys don't always find it that easy to 
it is probably really gendered but you know what i'm getting at the boys and communicating it's just oh look at your world that's my that's my little house i've got my glasses very happy when i got my glasses do do things grow or do you what yeah things grow. you can't see at the moment because i've harvested all my pumpkins this morning but uh that's my pumpkin patch yeah can't, sorry if you can't listen you can't see you just cut this out no but, uh, can they? very very filming. proud of it <laughs> do you but i really want a bit of a glimpse into your brain then so you've got a bit of italian in there you're thinking about the scummy mummies and you're also thinking about the fact that you need to go and harvest your pumpkins in an imaginary I mean, world yeah but but i've sort of fallen back in love with video games over this lockdown um and I think partly that's good. And I, it means I spend a lot less time on Instagram, to be honest, and on social yeah. media. And for me, that's been quite mentally healthy because mm-hmm. I, I like those things and I use them for work. But they I they can make you feel a bit, you know, like, uh, you know, well, do you think? The, like the model, you know, again, what I've learned is that so much of this is what we model. And we're worried about our kids playing on these games, but if we're honest, are spending far too much time mindlessly scrolling on a screen which is and comparing our lives to people, which is better, like imaginary worlds where you're working together or looking at what is actually a fake world on Instagram often. Yeah, yeah fascinating. Yeah. And I think for them as well, like Charlie really likes YouTube, but we limit YouTube to weekends because it, it troubles <sighs> me that it's just watching these kids. Shouting. Like, yeah. Why is um, it so loud? I... I I don't know. It, it's like, so it's irritating. But in the week, he's allowed to watch like TV or films or games. And he usually he doesn't really like films. He chooses games. And again, I'm I'm sort of all right with that because if he's watching YouTube or even a movie, he's sort of sitting there. But if he's playing a game, yeah, he's often talking to his friends and he's working out problems and they're cooperating and you know all skills. Which you know, I'm not saying it's going to make him some sort of genius but at least he's using his brain a bit well and also you have had a, a whole career out of this world and if gaming is going to continue to grow which i mean I, have, I wish i had some stats but it's like a huge industry isn't it oh it's massive and especially at the moment because so many people have got back into it or got into it because there's nowhere to go and it, it is a means to escape into another world um have you have you heard of near IL? No. So he wrote a book called Indestructible and he did an amazing podcast about it with Rangan Chatterjee about um, about things like being on the phone all the time and why we do that and how we can not be on it so much. And I read his book. It was amazing. And um, he talks a lot about why we do these things is to is to numb something. We're trying to make ourselves numb. Mm-hmm. Right? And I acknowledge that with video games. That's what I'm doing as well. I'm not saying it's it's better than like being on Instagram in that regard but it it feels more positive because I don't have a sort of hangover at the end of it of feeling yeah. doom laden no you're not going to like suddenly go and buy a rug or I <laughs> no, don't know I've just bought a rug in Animal Crossing I've just spent 15,000 <laughs> bells on a really nice rug actually so uh, really? oh yeah there's all this it is quite commercial in terms of like there's, there's no money once you bought the game you don't pay any more money no but you um, earn money you earn money through selling fruit and then you you have like a, a mortgage so you can get a bigger house and like you pay that off and like you buy rugs and t-shirts and hats but again I feel that fulfills a need in me and I'm not spending real money so that's all right no. I, I mean you have literally totally influenced me I'm gonna go and buy that game oh top um, tip as well because I know you're saying about losing the switch cartridges yeah. down there. you can just buy it from the Nintendo store and download it and then it you don't have the cartridge to lose. It just exists on the Switch. Oh, well, that's better. So that might be better. The disadvantages are it's obviously harder to swap games with your friends because it's on your machine. You can't just take it out of the machine and give it to a mate. So you can't resell it or swap it. Um, uh, I think that's... But, but you can't lose it. And check the price because sometimes it's more expensive on the sh- shop than the physical copy. But sometimes it's cheaper on the on the online version. I mean, I think it's, wor- I think it's worth it. Like, in the short term... <laughs> Avoiding things going down the the floorboard is high priority. And also, I think you have inspired me. I I am going to get it because it sounds quite good. But maybe for parents who are worried, the best thing we can do is to try and get involved a bit and try and actually see what it is they're doing. Because it's very easy just to opt out because you're like, I don't really understand it. Therefore, I'm not going to get involved. 
Yeah, I think that's a great that's a great thing, and and, and I understand it's very easy for me to sit here and say that because I've played games for forty years, and you know it's it's like saying, well, why don't you just learn Chinese? That's not necessarily how that works, uh, but well, why not? But um, it's yeah, if you can get involved with it, it's it's really even if it's just sitting down and going, can you show me what what you're playing? And depending mm. on their age, they might go no big weird but they might actually be really pleased and proud to show you their minecraft house or their pumpkin patch or whatever it is yeah um, and and yeah and play a game with them charlie and i actually do every because i've got into twitch lately so we do at three o'clock every saturday we do a twitch together so he's not on camera but i'm on camera and we play a video game together um and people come along and watch and chat and it's family friendly so it's designed for obviously families to watch and we play um a lot of games where you have to work together so overcooked which is on all the machines which is where your little chefs in a restaurant and you have to cook food and serve sushi and make pizzas and things or there's moving out which is where you're a pair of removals people so you have to like you have a truck and you have to fill it with like you have to get the snooker table and you have to work together to get the fridge and put it in the truck and and it's just it's really really fun so yeah, so I've started doing every Friday. I do a family game of the week now. That's a game you can. That's not just like because if you don't want to play, I don't want to play Fortnite. I find Fortnite. No, oh, I don't even want to play Minecraft. But there are loads of games where that are designed for you, different abilities, different ages to work together, and they're really fun. Now for a quick ad break for my book called But Why? How to answer tricky questions from kids by having an honest conversation with yourself. I cover all sorts of topics and have spoken to all sorts of experts, including in relation to this episode, But Why Can't I Have More Screen Time? Which every parent will be familiar with. And a bit of a spoiler alert, the answer is in how we as the parents use screens and how we're modelling that to our children. So there's a few hard truths in that section of the book. But why is available to order now from all good bookshops and via the link in the show notes. Tetris was a great game though, right? Oh, Wasn't it? Oh, amazing scenes. Absolutely. Yeah. But you, you knew you were addicted when you were dreaming about Tetris. I used to, I was working on a, I used to work on a Sainsbury's checkout and I would be doing the things and like seeing the piece, the, the bags of sugar the and shapes. pieces and like playing it in my head. Like, yeah, it was pretty, it was next gen. <laughs> But the difference was you could you could finish those games, couldn't you? Like you got to that rocket not easily, but not didn't take that long. You finished you were... Tetris, didn't? Well, that rocket isn't that finishing it? I never finished Tetris. Kemi Telford, you're a secret. You're a secret <laughs> games whiz. Maybe oh. you've got the brain though. I heard about this the other week. There was this bloke who used to play a lot of Tetris, and then he gave it to his girlfriend who'd never played a video game before. And she just, something in her brain, she's got some magic, it's like a superpower. And she just, oh, oh yeah. Bah, 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 bah. And she, like, it was like when some people could do Rubik's Cubes instantly. She just absolutely nailed the game. Like, I'm like dyslexic, which is like very visual shapes. Maybe that's I it. That that was, I've, yeah, definitely completed it several times. Yeah. Wow. And that's all really about thing that. as well that I don't know enough about that I'm trying to research about um, kids with non neurotypical brains. And how they see it, because a lot of people who play games are are on the spectrum. And we, I'm interested in why that is and what advantages mm. it gives you. And um, there's a lady I'm trying to get on my Instagram to do an Insta Live with in Australia who's written a lot about um, that with our attitudes to screen time and games should be different for non-neurotypical kids because their minds work differently and we need to acknowledge that. So I want to talk to her because that's really interesting. Yeah, because there's an element of... It's an overused word now, but privilege of that to be able to go into a room and socialise with people and talk to people face to face. That isn't, or to even be able to go and play football. Actually, I wasn't the sporty kid at school, and that isn't easy. So actually, why should we shut off that socialisation for people who don't fit into the yeah into the convenient right types? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm really quite blown away by my Tetris ability now. It's like the best thing that's happened to me. I'm trying to think where my... Because I definitely... It's interesting because I was into gaming. Yeah, I had a Mega Drive, played um, Sonic. Then the, the all the James Bond, GoldenEye. Is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. GoldenEye. We, get the, we go around shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Bit screen thing. Had a really good snowboarding game. All right, so you've got it. You've got it. 1080. You've got the gene. Yeah. You've got the and gym. then I did get that Echo the Dolphin and just could never get going. 
They could That's never get out of the game. Couldn't get out of the first bit, I don't think. Yeah. Am no, I a gamer? Game. I think you're a gamer, mate. I think you're a secret gamer. I think it's time you came out. <laughs> I feel like it could be. Lived a gamer lifestyle. I yeah. mean, I like hoodies. That's a good start. See? You know? Well, Ellie, this I could this could I could really shake things up. <laughs> inspired but i was also watching another video of you where they were saying that guildford is like really big in gaming is that true <laughs> guildford, guildford's big. yeah guildford is is the hollywood of uh video games in um well not entirely but um yeah there's because electronic arts who make they make the fifa games and things like that um so they're obviously huge they've got a big office in in guildford um yeah they've also so, got having california and things but yeah guildford's a thing <laughs> Would people come over from California and move to Guildford and um, think that they're onto something good? <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with Guildford, but it's you know it's I very. So. I, I've been, I've been I've been to the office in Guildford and the one in California, and and the one in California is a bit bigger and flashier, <laughs> to be honest. Less of a market town. But yeah, no, they've also got my frameworks in their office in uh, Geneva. So yeah, they they it's a big thing. Is there any part of you that would like to have gone into like game development or gone into a different sector of it? Or do you feel like you've gone on the right path for you? Yeah, I think it's, it is. Let's be honest, it's easier to criticise something than to make something. Right. So <laughs> um, I, I don't have the skill set for video game development. I don't have any programming skills. I don't really have any art skills. Um, but that is a thing I think that people overlook about games as well. There's so many careers within the industry that um, there's kind of kind of something for everyone. So I've never had a desire to do that. I did briefly have a stint in PR um, because I thought, you know, well, that involved see, a bit of... Can't see you in that role. I, I actually turned down the writing job in Macclesfield on the magazine to take the pr job because it was a third more money like it was a lot more money and it was in london where i lived where i'm from mm -hmm. so i thought i'll do this pr job and i think i lasted four days and then i rang the magazine and said is that is that job still going <laughs> they were like yeah and I was like, all right i'll be on the train um because i just it wasn't it wasn't for me in fact i finished i found it quite easy and i finished all the games pr work in four days i'd written all the press releases and I'd done all the stuff you had to do because it just didn't take me very long. And they said, um, oh, well done. You've done all the games work. Can you work on some of our other products? We've got um, Jeremy Clarkson's uh, Motor Drive DVD Volume 3. Oh. And I was like, that's, that's not, not for, for me. me. That's not for me. So I no. Yeah, so that was my brief stint in PR. <laughs> done. Well, good for you. They took the mick out of me for smoking roll-ups and drinking pints instead of gin and tonics and silk cut. And again, I was like, I just don't think this is for me. <laughs> but good for you for um, kind of saying I'm out. And good for you for like carving out two different careers. I do. I, I, I am full of a lot of respect for you, Ellie Gibson. I already was, but now I'm just like. Wow. Oh, thanks, but you've done that. You had your career and now you've got this and you've yeah. written a book and podcasts and all sorts. Amazing scenes. Yeah. We're having a go, aren't we? We're trying our best. Yeah, you just have to, yeah. For me, I've just learned what keeps me going and, and it's learning new stuff and trying new stuff. And and it, if it and Helen Thorne has been amazing for me because she's a more positive person. <laughs> so when we started, yeah, so seriously. So it's true. Gummy mummies, that, like, the podcast doing the podcast was my idea because I knew about podcasts because I've got a tech background and I've done them before. But then when she said like, do it, let's do a comedy show. I was like, but what we can't get on. I'm we can't get on stage for like 90 minutes. What are we going to, we can't do a show. How are we going to do a show? And then it was her. who was like, and let's get the audience to write down confessions. And I was like, but no one will do that. That's weird. And people will think it's, Oh, don't you know. But I, I trusted her because I've got so much respect for her and I went with her and she was completely right. And it was her who started yeah. us on Instagram. So you know, it's all, I'm, I'm riding on her coattails. That's what I'm saying. But she's, I've learned from her that even if you think something won't work or it's not worth doing, or you just can't be asked. Have a crash. If you can, give it a go. So, yeah, when did you first start describing yourself as a comedian? Because it's quite a transition to go from someone who's funny to yeah. someone to, to being like, guys, I'm a comedian. Yeah, well, I did a comedy course. That's how I got started. 
Okay. Um, and then, but then there's a sort of, there's a sort of, people generally say when you first start getting paid, that's when you can start calling yourself a, yeah. a comedian. But I did, um, there's an, I think it's an old Eddie Izzard thing that there's this thing that says you have to do a hundred gigs. Once you've done a hundred gigs, you know if you're good at it or not. And I mm -hmm. did that. And then there was an article, my mate Keith wrote an article about me in The Guardian about it. And um, so that that felt quite sort of, yeah, um, gigs, I'm, in the, I'm in the paper. Uh, and then, yeah, and it was, yeah, I guess it was when me and Helen started getting paid. And then I was on a comedy show about games on Dave. Yeah, funny how your world collide. Yeah, it was weird. So, yeah, you know, don't know, really. Do you think we stop... This is like literally me asking you as a friend. But is, are you doing the the Italian just for fun? Like it's quite nice to do something. You're not aiming to. I was going to say become Italian. Stupid comment. But you know it's nice yes. to do something without an end goal. I'm transitioning into an Italian, and in fact, I, I self-identify as an Italian now. Uh, certo. Uh, <laughs> no, I started it in the first lockdown nearly a year ago now. Um, and I started it just because I've always loved Italy, obviously. Who doesn't like, you know, pizza and sunshine? Great. It's a great country. And I uh, love going on holiday there. And I've just, weirdly, I've just, I have wanted to learn Italian since I was a kid. I used to work in a bakery in Peckham. And I remember, yeah. like, having, yeah, in um, in Ayers Bakery. And I had I a little... I going to say that. Head. Yeah. I had a little um, uh, Italian uh, workbook or something that I used to, like, keep under the counter so on slow slow days I would like learn a bit of Italian me mental and I thought well I'm going to do it properly now because I've got time so I, I start I went through a service called Preply which is where it's a bit like dating you have all these profiles of these tutors and you just pick one that you like the look of <laughs> and I picked this girl called Jamila in Rome just because she, she was one of the first that came up she, she looks nice um and I thought yeah it would just be a, something to do and um, I had no idea how amazing it would actually be because obviously there's a, the Italian bit and the learning bit and I feel like I'm learning a skill. But I have I have a new friend now because like a pen friend, but better. Yeah, but the, I I chat to Jamila uh, three times a week uh, for three for an hour a time, and some days we do exercises and we do the workbook and we do the stuff, and some days we just talk in. Italian, her good Italian, my broken Italian. And we talk about everything. We talk about Corona. We talk about coffee. We talk about abortion. We talk about Trump. We talk about our families. And um, it's wonderful. And I love having a friend from a different background as well, because she's oh 25. God. She's 25. She lives in Rome. She still lives with her. She's got twin brothers who are nine. So she does understand what it's like to live with a nine-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's incredibly smart. She speaks four languages. She's just so interesting and lovely. And so it, I thought it was just going to be learning a language and it's become this weird sort of combination of therapy. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, how's your day? Oh, well, this happened. Oh, well, that's, yeah. you know. Um, but also um, friendship. But as, as Helen likes to say, yes, it's a friend who you pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... But you know, I don't kiss her on the mouth. Fair enough. But you know, it's it's good. It's good. You can actually. I listened to on whose podcast? Probably, unfortunately, because that's all I ever listened to, as well as yours. But for, I love Fee and Jay, and you've had them on Scummy Mummies, haven't you? Oh, I love them. You can. Yeah. They're amazing, aren't they? They're amazing. Um, but they talked about how you can go and you can hire friends when you go into different countries, which on the one hand sounds really awful, but why not? You only getting someone to show you around and, and I don't know think yeah yeah I can I can see that I can see that but yeah Jamila and I are proper friends now and we talk quite a lot about if we're having a bad day well we sort we sort of start doing wistful chat about when she comes to London and I'm going to go to Rome she wants Helen to come to Rome as well because she obviously sees Helen on the Instagram they've met a few times on here on because Helen's been there when I'm having a lesson and um so one day we're going to go to Rome and Jamila's going to show us around and take us to the best pizza place in the whole of Italy. And I absolutely cannot wait. It's going to be amazing. I think it's really amazing. It's, 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 I did not expect it to be as amazing, to be honest, but it's been wonderful. Well, I mean, I'm really glad we've had this catch-up, Ellie Gibson. Because there's been a lot going on for you in the, in, in, over this last year. You've got an Italian friend. You're on Twitch. 
Yeah. You bought a rug and you've harvested yeah. your pumpkins. Pumpkin patch, yeah. Um, you know. And you've got a new Instagram. Actually, let's do a good bit of plugging. Where can people find you? On uh, so I'm on I'm at Ellie Gibson on Twitter. I'm at Ellie Gibson Games on Instagram. Um, and I'm Ellie Gibson Games on Twitch. And the Instagram is quite a new thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I do. I, I, at the moment, I'm trying to do a live every Thursday at four, but obviously you can watch it later where I do talk to people about stuff we've been talking about, or sometimes just talk to Dara O'Brien about bullshit. Just depends what mood we're in. But um, yeah, and I'm more than happy to answer questions if people want to leave comments, or I get quite a lot of direct messages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done videos about things like what's the difference between the Switch and the Switch Lite or which console to get for Christmas or what games. Yeah. And I do a, I do a homeschool game of the week and I do a family game of the week. So I'm trying to trying to be. I feel useful. like you're you're really onto something there because it's yeah it's it's bridging this gap between the two worlds and and there is a massive disconnect and. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, you've inspired me, as I said, because I, I feel like it wasn't for me, but I think it is definitely, well, now I know I'm really good at Tetris, so I'll just drop that in again. Um, I yeah. think I think it's going to be my thing. And have a look as well. Uh, um, there's a bloke called Andy Robertson, who's, he's written this this book, actually, but he's got um, Taming, which is, I mean, it's quite, it's quite hefty. It's all about... Um, you know, games and kids, and it's got, and, and this has got the actual science in it. So, this has got the actual stuff about the research about what effect games have on kids and stuff. Okay, and that's really useful. And it's got Thank reviews you. of games as well. And he's got a website called taminggaming.com, which is okay. fantastic. And I'm plugging it just because I'm not, you know, he's not paying me or anything. It's just so useful because you can go taminggaming.com and you can like fill, use filters. You can go, right, I've got a Nintendo Switch and I want games that are for age six mm-hmm. and I want a, a learning game or a calming game or a cooperative yeah. game and and just press go and it will bring up a list of games with their prices and with their ages and all the stuff. It's fantastic. So That's really, useful. Really, really. Yeah, Thank it's you. Something I found and I was like, oh, wow, I should have done that, but I would never I have been think- bothered. I, would never I was just asked. thinking that that was your – I think there's something out there that you can – there's an, something you can do. I'm going to think on it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and learn a language, Clemmie, now you have to learn a language. What are you going to learn? Well, I'd, I'd learn French because I'm called Clementine and I always feel like my heart is a bit French. And I – yeah. But you have inspired me. I'd like a French friend. I have to say, uh, I don't know about you, but I have found that my brain, like a computer hard drive, only has room for one language <laughs> – uh, yeah. So, yeah, so I got I got bloody A star at GCSE for French. Very, very proud of it. But when we went um, in the brief hiatus where you could go away last summer and we drove to France and Italy, and in Italy it was fine. I was like, ah, Giacchio. and then we got to France and I was like, right, you <laughs> order. And Pete was like, what? You can speak French. And I was like, no, nope, can't speak French gone. anymore. It's all gone. And That's now we have really interesting. Do you ever do that thing where you speak to each other in French so that your children can't understand what you're saying? not enough but yes but now you can you're in italian and he's in french can't do it yeah now i'm to, i say things to him in italian so it's time for them to go to bed in italian and he just has no idea what i'm talking about so it's it's, it's a shame really the, i mean respect to people what's your what's your italian friend called jamila jamila having all those languages knocking around in her head oh she does portuguese she does english she's amazing english uh better than mine uh, you know, she's talking about indefinite pronouns. I'm like, no, you're going to have to explain to me what that is in English first, Jamila. I, I don't know. Uh, and what else is she? A bit of Spanish. Oh, and a bit of Arabic as well. She's got Arabic, Arabic heritage. But she's 25. Your brain's, I feel like your brain's got more room when you're 25. Yeah, I feel like I didn't like nurture my brain at 25. I was busy pickling it for want of a better. <laughs> exactly. She doesn't She doesn't drink as well. No, they she's never do. She's not into it. Yeah. young people so yeah she's oh, oh well, we had fun we had yeah. fun we, we, we did fun. We, i can't do it anymore i know you're brilliant aren't you you're you're totally off it aren't you oh two years in may no oh, well done that's awesome i'm doing off it monday to friday okay uh, it's it is it is depressing how brilliant I feel by Friday, if you know what I mean. Because by Friday yeah. morning, I'm like, yeah, let's write a unreal. novel. Yeah, let's go it's for unreal. a run. And then Monday morning, because I've been drinking Saturday, Sunday, I'm like, oh. so. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm never going to push it on anyone. But I think what people don't understand is that 
sobriety makes you feel fucking amazing. Like I do not, I would not trade how I feel for a drink now. Yeah. Good for you, ma'am. Good for you. Just me. I'm just, I'm just, you know. But I've got Friday night is Vikings and vodka night for me. Friday night, I get on the Twitch. My buddies come along nine o'clock. We get on there. We drink a lot of vodka. I drink vodka. Again, I never push on them. They can drink tea or whatever. But they've invented a drinking game um, based around my game playing. So every time I die, they have a drink. Or every time I set myself on fire or if I accidentally kill a dog, um, then we have a drink. Uh, but again, we don't push alcohol. Anyway, you can play it with water, but uh, it's a good time. <laughs> You're a woman of many lives. I feel like yes. at some some point, all of this will come together in some very strange Italian. <laughs> I don't know. I can't even picture it. But this, I like that you're a woman of many many things. Thank you. I've got one more one more question before we sure. um, finish. Running through my book, but why, is a thing where I ask people what they wish they'd known as a kid. What do you wish you'd known as a kid? Oh, what do I wish I'd known? I guess it's hard not to speak in cliches, isn't it? I mean, the most basic thing is I wish I'd known that everything was going to be all right because I was quite badly bullied as a child. You'd be amazed to hear. Um, uh, Unlike every other comedian and or gamer, uh, I had a horrible time at school. Um, so I kind of wish I'd known that. And yeah, I guess I wish I'd known it's all right to be a bit odd and a bit different. Mm. And and there will be, you know, people out there who like that and respond to that and actually will respond much better than if you're just trying to be like like everyone else, right? It's, it, the weird thing is, is those, for me, that I went to a girls' school, but the girls who appeared to... to yeah. Have it all wrapped up at school. I'm talking teenage more. Are the ones who their life might not have changed an awful lot, and all the people who felt like oddballs, it's ended up being their kind of superpower. So it's really hard to sit with that when you're young, but it is true. What's your but why? What do you wish you'd known? Um, similar, and I wish. I wish I'd let myself have a bit more fun. I know I say I pi- I was pickled, as but I think I was similarly a bit worried always and a bit striving, striving, striving to for the next yeah. thing. And I mean, it's a cliche completely, but youth is wasted on the young. You you become a grown up before you even realise it, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I've gone through a weird sort of flip the last few years where, so I worked really, really hard to get to university. Um, you know, I, I worked really solidly and then when I went to university I did an English degree and I just sort of went a bit loopy because suddenly I had all this freedom and I'd made it and I just discovered you know drinking and and kind of didn't really get it until the last year like didn't really get that how to motivate yourself and do the work and stuff and played so much video games and I got a 2-1 and my one of my tutors actually said to me you know you you because I was right on the borderline Mm. And he was like, you you would have you would have got a first, I think, if you'd taken a gap year. Um, and I was like, oh, and he's like, yeah, I think you just needed to get stuff out of your your system. System. You should have, you should have done a gap year. And um, I was like, oh, that's nice. Um, but and I felt really guilty about that for years. I felt really like, God, you know, I wasted my time at uni and I should have worked harder and I drank so much. And oh, God, God, God. But now I'm like, or I spent that I was learning different things. I, you know, yeah, maybe I didn't growing read up, yeah, Victorian novels, but I learned I did learn how to drink, but I learned how to socialise and who I was, and that was part mm. of my problem at uni. I didn't really know who I was, and I was drinking as a way of escaping that and trying to work it out. And and now I, and I played shit tons of video games, and that's not turned out too badly. So I feel no. right about it now. I've sort of grown to accept it now. I think well couple of things i have always heard like two one is a good balance because it means you've you've done a bit of both number two i would like the concept of uni now sounds absolutely brilliant can you imagine going and like learning stuff all day goodness what a bloody brilliant thing but you could never predict how it worked out like look at your dual careers and and similar i've had like a couple of careers and no career advisor could have given me the step-by-step for that it's just yeah. doing something and then doing something else and and here we are yeah, and we and and luck as well, and and you know so and hard work, you know. Actually, yeah. I say I stopped being so working so hard, but that does does 
stand you in good stead. Yeah. Like if your kids, do you want your kids to go to university? Are you bothered if they say they don't want to go? Will you be bothered? I'm not bothered. No, definitely. I, I mean, we all joke, but if they became like plumbers or electricians or builders or any of an actual skill there's so often in my life I'm like none of my friends are qualified to do anything <laughs> like yeah they're not, neither professionals where you can get them to sign a passport or they can't like build anything it's like they're all media jobs we're so abstract great for yeah. podcasts I'm friends with a nurse nurse Jessie and she signs about 40 passport applications a day because the rest of us just bloody useless it's good <laughs> Yeah, you, are you bothered about your kids going to uni? No, I think I think uh, certainly nowhere near as bothered as I was about myself going to uni. I think yeah. it's, a, it's a different world. It was free when I went. You know, I'm quite happy to not pay for it. Um, yeah, yeah. I just I don't want them to sit around in their bedrooms smoking all day. But no. uh, I think as long as they're not doing that, like, yeah, I did it. I did an advert with um, Ali A, the YouTuber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's amazing like he's such a nice lad and quite young and obviously m- m- fabulously rich um but never been to university incredibly mm-hmm. nice incredibly successful mm-hmm. knows his audience did the mo- loveliest little video for my kids which blew their minds and i was like i didn't say it to him because i didn't want to patronize him but i was like god if my son turns out, turned out like half you. as together and yeah. nice and happy as you um i'll be over the bloody moon and he doesn't have to get pissed for three years to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. It's definitely, they're, they're going to be on a different path. They'll end up doing something completely not what we want anyhow. That's the that's the thing you have to accept as a parent, isn't it? Like, we can do a good, try our best, but yeah. <laughs> what will be will be. Secretly, though, I've got two sons. And if I'm being completely honest, not bothered about university, I quite like, um, I quite like at least one of them to be gay uh, and I quite like the other one, uh, or both of them, to be chefs, so they can cook me nice food. <laughs> I want someone to watch RuPaul's Drag Race with me and make me shellfish. And make nice my, food. Husband doesn't, my husband doesn't like uh, RuPaul. Um, shell, he's allergic to shellfish and he doesn't like RuPaul. So that, I'd be having okay. a gay chef son. Uh, so if they're listening, come on, boys, get on it. <laughs> well, I hope that comes true for you. And if not, you can find someone on the internet, you know, find an Italian who can maybe tick those boxes. <laughs> Do you like prawns and drag? Then you're in. <laughs> Well, I think we've done really well, Ellie, because as you know, I was really worried that this was going to be very silly because we've done a couple of things on stage before. Whereas it you or Helen who's ended up asking me about masturbation, but in a really out of context, yeah, context situation. Could be chance if it was a question it would be her if it was just a stupid joke about masturbation. Either way, you've done it to me a couple of times in inappropriate context and I know loads of people are really empowered about all this stuff on the internet, but I'm still a bit of a prude. <laughs> Listen, after this, right, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna send you a picture she sent me yesterday that a man sent her via oh, It's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, Helen Thorne's been having a very different lockdown experience. <laughs> she has, she has. And she's doing amazing. So, she's yeah. amazing. Uh, well, no, I, know, I, know, I, I know we talked about it. I didn't want to be too stupid because I appreciate you're, a, you're a, you know, you're a, you're doing a an important good thing so uh, i thought maybe maybe for once try not to fuck it up with knob jokes so you're welcome yeah i got the other ellie gibson it's uh, i mean i like both i like both sides of you just as much well we've all got loads of sides though right isn't it we just you know just bring different one out ones out for it's like i don't know it's like the avengers i don't know if everybody has quite as much are you basically saying i've got some sort of split like mental disorder there's just definitely more to it than I thought but that's fine that's fine (laughs) I love it I love it I feel like uh, Clark Kent it's nice thank you that's that's a good thing well thank you so much Um, it's lovely really lovely just chatting I'm forgetting we're doing a podcast because it's just like chatting to a mate and it's lovely so I do miss you and uh, and you're only down the road maybe we could see each other for a coffee and a walk soon we'll be able to have more more than just us two we could with the Helen Thorne oh get her to bring her tinder pictures that'll brighten up your Tuesday and that's it the end of another episode I feel like I learned a lot and in fact I was highly influenced by this conversation almost as soon as I got home from doing this episode, I actually decided to try and be a bit more interested in the gameplay going on in my house. I ordered a game that Ellie recommended 
and ask the boys some questions about what they're doing. And I think that's a really positive shift because it's very easy to tune out of an interest that doesn't appeal to you and it becomes something with a bit of a distance. But I'm going to do my best to, yeah, to try and get on board with it and learn about it. Maybe I'll even become a gamer myself, although I draw the line at FIFA. I am not interested. I do want to encourage community and team building and, of course, being um, adept at tech is a useful skill for any kid growing up today. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I also enjoyed getting to know my friend from a different point of view. Bit similar to gaming, really, but um, I'm sure we can all relate to that idea of our friends doing a job and us never knowing what that job is and then it gets to a point that you can't ask about the job because you've known them for too long and it becomes a bit embarrassing. In fact, there's swathes of my friends I don't really know what they do. So maybe this is a nice call to action to start up a conversation even with your good pals and find out what their interests are beyond what you know them for. Because yeah, turns out Ellie Gibson really does know a lot about gaming. So that's that. Thank you so much for listening. Please do rate and review and subscribe and tell your mates all about it. And if you've got any feedback, I'd love to hear it at butwhy at Thank you very much.